You're going to see the interview everyone is going to be talking about. Wagon wheel Watusi. What do I think of her? Yes. I don't think of her. Then we become divas as opposed to just strong women. Oh, coughing during my interview, really? It feels uh, reductive. Hello and welcome to Little Diva Energy, your little slice of something extra, bi-weekly, in between the main apps. Uh, I'm your host, Holly Morgan, I'm obsessed with divas and my husband Tom is also here. Ahoy hoy. Excellent. So um, let's let's kick off with the, <laughs> with the feedback from our episode with Will, the amazing Will Jackson on the incredible Jake Shears. And what a day. What a, what a day. We... Isn't it amazing how much we thought we'd lost the election? <laughs> yeah, that was remarkable. Yeah. Like, anyone tuning into it would be like, bloody hell, were they massive MAGA supporters? <laughs> like... I thought that halfway through, and I was listening, when I was uh, editing it, I was coming back, and I was like, we don't explicitly say at any point that we were depressed because tr- we thought Trump was winning. Yeah. So... You could very easily misinterpret that as, <laughs> as like, us being like, oh, oh no, no Biden our, won. <laughs> our boy hasn't got another four years. Uh, no, we were obviously, we, we, we recorded it the morning after the first, well, yeah, what, November the 3rd, whatever it was. Um, so we were uh, emotional, mm-hmm. volatile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course... As we always are when we, we record are. the pod. And of course... We'd also recorded that podcast before, <laughs> so we were stuck in a, in a loop, in a terrible loop, having lots of fun. And the feedback we've had from it has been really lovely. Uh, James Rollin, deep friend of the pod, um, is, I think listened to it twice. Yes, in, you should all listen to the episode twice. Listen to it twice we in one day. Yes. We did it twice, so you have to listen to it twice. <laughs> James Rowland wrote on Twitter, I'm just listening to this episode of one of my favourite podcasts, and it's too much. Will Jackson, Morgan Stew, and El Don Piano are out of their minds. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> out of their minds, indeed. Yes. Um, and, of course, the glorious Ms. Jackson will be joining us again for part de of Jake Shears. And let me tell you, the second part of Jake Shears is fun. <laughs> it is gossipy, and it is zhuzhy. And there's lots of Elton John in it. So. Oh, and there'll actually be Scissor Sisters in it this time. Oh, yeah, yeah. We just covered the run-up to Scissor Sisters. So expect animatronic being fabulous. Expect more references to Elton John's bio- autobiography. Yeah. Which Holly quotes from, I'd say, on a sentencely basis. Maybe I should just read aloud from that instead of Mariah Carey's book this week. I think probably more people have read it. I liked that Mariah Carey's autobiography was on, um, I can't remember whose list it was in, but one of the hosts of The Rear View, which is a fantastic mm. podcast. Uh, they did their countdown of the top, their, each one of their top 10 queer moments of 2020, and that was one of them. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. It is superb. I can't wait I mean, to one of them was also the fly that landed on Mike Pence's head during the <laughs> vice presidential debate. But... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Lovely. glad they're up there. Yeah. So let's kick things off with Rich's Bitch. It's an interesting thing. I did listen to the episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I adore the Scissor Sisters. And yet when I've gone to look back at my list of things to bitch about, I can't remember how they relate to the episode in any way. Like I've written Jessica Simpson eclipsed by her own stupid act. And I'm like, do they they talk about Jessica Simpson in this episode? I'm confused. Um, I think the point I was going to make was that Jessica Simpson put on that act of like she played dumb for the cameras in a reality TV show and it eclipsed her own talent. And that became like her thing as opposed to like actually being... Not a great singer, but like she's fine. 
uh, and like I want to love you forever is a straight up banger as is with you so like she had her moments but like she took it away from herself almost uh, similarly I wrote um, the thing we always forget about Justin Timberlake's reign of terror against the Divas is like yes obviously he destroyed Janet Jackson and like yes he treated Britney dreadfully but he also robbed us of an iconic moment which is the Madonna Christina kiss because after Madonna kissed Britney at the MTV Awards the camera cuts to Justin because like I guess we all care about the male gaze at that moment um, and it cuts short Christina's moment and like Christina doesn't have that many moments let's be honest she's an album and a half so that was a shame and I will never forgive Justin Timberlake for anything he's ever done um my other thing this is not really diva news but I think it counts I think there's a queerness to Robbie Williams and I stand by that so I'm gonna say it he's just put a song out it's like a Christmas song but it's coronavirus related and it's like we have to keep Christmas and like there's a great line it's like Santa's on his no Santa's on a sleigh but he's staying two meters away I don't know what gay in Polydor or Sony Music or whoever else um put this together it's like a parody it's dreadful it's camp i love i really do love it and i i really think you should listen to it Mm, it's beautiful um i think that's all my diva news hope everybody's well miss you bye i don't know why i'm saying this like an actual voice note to you but anyway bye (laughs) (laughs) referring to justin timberlake's reign of terror on the divas like stitches. Stalin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also Christina being an album and a half. She's an album and a half. She doesn't get many moments. And then a very sweet, touching sign off as well. Yes. No, I miss you true. too, babe. Miss you too. Too Rain much of love. I think as and when we get merch, I would like a, a black t shirt with white writings and never forget Justin Timberlake's Reign of Terror. <laughs> Over the divas, because that is what it amounts to at this stage. Yeah, a concentrated campaign against Jessica Simpson having and Britney. Off, uh, it goes without saying what he did to Britney. Yeah, and Janet. And to be, he's made his wife absolutely loopy Lulu. Who's his wife? Um, that actress Jessica Biel is that her name? Oh, is he married to her? Yeah, she don't believe in vaccines. Aye. And I, I I'm going to blame it on him. I attribute that to some woodman madness. <laughs> they <laughs> they both don't need went vaccines out into... in the woods, do they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they do. That's exactly where they need them, because tetanus. Yeah, exactly. They're Thank. too busy rolling around in bark <laughs> and writing shit songs. In bark, not making bark. Yeah. But this just in. Oh, hello. An additional. We've got an additional. Um, Rich updated me later, just after he'd sent this bitch, with ignore that, <gasps> which we've not done. I just spent a car journey listening to something. Have you heard the Cher song called Joe? It is insane. I'm so sorry, I've got to come back. You'll have to like edit something out the other one to make it all fit in time or whatever because I've just spent a car journey listening to new music and what on earth is happening in the world? Okay, we've got the Robbie Corona Christmas song. There's a song featuring Cher and Kylie that manages to be completely boring. Reba McIntyre, famous white country music singer, is singing about, quote, kids in the ghetto. And Cher has put out a song called Joe about Joe Biden, in which she says, and I quote, happiness is just a guy called Joe. It's like a weird love letter to Joe Biden about how the world is going to be better and healed and happiness is all about Joe. Something is in the water. (laughs) Fucking hell. Well, do you know what? She had to double down, didn't she? Because she made... She made her life's work at one point. Yeah. 
terrorising Trump. (laughs) She did a full Justin Timberlake on Trump (laughs) for four years. Which was iconic. Yeah, don't get me wrong, we Um, loved it. I didn't know she'd read a song for Joe Biden. Wow. Oh yeah, this this needs to be heard. Do we going to listen to it now? Yeah. You told me that you had so much to talk about on this episode, and you hadn't heard of half of these things. I know. So God knows what you're about to bring up. It seems like happiness is just a thing called Joe. He's got a smile that makes the lilacs. That's all we need to know. Great. <laughs> so, we've really dropped the ball on this one. Oh my God. I think Rich has slightly dropped the ball on this one as well. <laughs> Happiness is a Thing Called Joe is a song that was written for the film musical Cabin in the Sky with Judy Garland. Which I've never No, sorry, heard not, of. not with Judy Garland. Uh, it was sung by Ethel Waters. It was nominated for an Academy Award, uh, but it has been recorded by Ella Fitzgerald, Judy Garland, Nancy Wilson, Bette Midler, and now Cher. So it's, it is a song. It's an old <laughs> song, a very famous song by the sounds of it, certainly in America. She's changed she, the words to be like, he's the president. She's changed some of the words because she's clear. It's, it's fun. It's a bit of fun. Right. She's gone, I'm going to sing Happiness is a Thing Called Joe. Because Joe's won the election. Insanity. Oh, yes. It's still completely insane. <laughs> but it's not quite as insane as right, I thought okay. it was. It's not <laughs> a, a literal... It, she's, it not ri- she's not had a song written called she's Happiness with a Thing Called Joe. Tell me about making the lilacs grow. When was the last time Cher did an original? Because the last Ooh, album the was last just album was Abba covers. Yeah. Interesting. Right in. Discuss. Right. Very good start to the episode there with Rich's Bitch. And now into Chris's Coincidence. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. Oh, hi there. I was just listening to your podcast about the Scissor Sisters. And it just occurred to me that it was a real interesting coincidence that I have a sister. And for Christmas, I have bought her some scissors. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like his coincidence is not so much a, a coincidence as a hastily thrown together <laughs> lie. list of things. <laughs> no. Made up things. I did. Did he buy her some scissors for Christmas? No. Or did he? Well, he might have now. Coincidence? I, I think, think so. Spooky tingle. Spooky ookie. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Are we ready for the Weekend Diva? No. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm ready to panic because you don't know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend Diva! I'm very ready for the Weekend Diva. What's going on, Holly? Well, we're going to start with, I think, the problem. I'll do the sad news, sad news first. I usually get an offer, but yeah, fine. Would you want sad or, sad or, sad or happy? Well, I'll go for sad because it's just what you want to say. We lost Jan Morris on the weekend. Yeah, that was really sad. Um, I did hear about that. Yeah, so the wonderful writer Jan Morris and trans pioneer passed away. And she's if you haven't read her book on Venice, Uh, it's just beautiful. Poetry. Yeah. Yeah, for those that don't know her, uh, Jan Morris was a travel writer of of quite quite prominent renown, I Mm. think, certainly. Uh, in the sort of latter half of the last century. Um, But originally started her career um, 
in uh, on the 1953 British Mount Everest expedition mm. led by uh, Edmund Hillary. Yeah. And uh, we went to base camp with him and stuff, which is a remarkable thing for a journalist to do considering that explorers hadn't done that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, and and then she wrote, got the scoop on it as well, didn't she? she that's right. Uh, yeah. And um, then went on to write some brilliant books about Wales and about uh, many travel books, different locations, but particularly Venice was... Mm, it's beautiful. And she has written about her transition as well. I've not read that book. Um, so yeah, very sad. She was she was in her nineties. Um, good innings, as they good say. Good innings, but it's always it's a weird thing, that isn't it? Mm. Like it's still it's, no, it's still very sad, and it's still a nice opportunity to re- remember. Yeah, to rephrase that. It's, it's nicer the longer that your life is. <laughs> the longer your life is, the nicer that is. Yeah. So I see we why like people say you that. Around. Yeah, it's like stay in the game as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Hence, good innings, I guess. Yeah. But, like, that doesn't make it any less sad. I mean, you'd want to stay in forever, wouldn't you, really? Yeah. We like, Especially when you're yeah, lovely, like Jan exactly. Morris. So that's that's my sad news. Yeah, sorry about that. Yep. Uh, second bit of sad news. Obviously, Jessie has formally said that she's not... She's taking a hiatus from, from Little Mix. Yeah. Um, and we wish her all the best with whatever's going on. And... Um, Details are sparse right now. Yeah. Medical Just reasons. Medical... Private medical unders- reasons. Yeah, private medical reasons. Um, so lots of love to Jesse. And um, right, okay. So in more upbeat news, which is still related to sad things, Diana. Oh, you're right on it, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. There's been a um, obviously a great big resurgence in Diana content. <laughs> As if the Daily Express needed any more. Yes, exactly. Seemingly unaware of the fact that they essentially killed her. Uh, the, <laughs> everyone's back on it again. Yeah. Um, because of the crime, uh, which is fantastic. Yes, loved it. <laughs> it is like Hello Magazine, but done by the RSC. Yes. The I National Theatre presents Gossip, Gossip, Gossip. Oh, all right. Gosh. That's my impression. It's very good. Thank you. Ed, yeah. That's your... Can you do a Philip? <laughs> Something racist. Something. Um, I used to be able to do... I did a good Toby Menzies the other day. Yeah. Let's see if I can dig it out again. No, I can't do it. It's no, gone. It's gone. It'll come back to you. It'll come back. Um, just... It'll come back. That's it. Should we do that whole bit again? No, because I, <laughs> I, I won't be able to get it back in time. Which is the same thing will happen. I'll be put under pressure. There was a bit in there. There was a bit in there. Yeah, like that. I'll just use that bit. Uh, Yeah. So I've been. Look, don't do too deep a delve into the Diana content because that's when you get like Diana would have loved insert things that she hasn't experienced. (laughs) Yes, I love that. These are my favourite. That's my favourite Diana content. (laughs) It's a really funny face. Diana would have loved Black Friday. She likes shopping. She likes shopping. She likes deals. Oh, so I watched. She loved millionaires. millionaires. (laughs) I watched the documentary, the Channel 4 documentary with the expose about Martin Bashir. Now, um, (laughs) the reason I've decided to include this in the Weekend Diva is because the wig that they have chosen to use on the person who is being the Diana stand in in the the reconstructions is the worst wig I have (laughs) ever. Scene, and I have owned all of the worst wigs. I own Smithies. I Holly don't, has but the I'd infamous. be very keen to invest if there ever was an opportunity. They've got this woman in a f- full-on Smiths, Smithies wig. 
Holly is the owner of the infamous Bago wigs, mm-hmm. which we keep under the bed, and is growing larger by the year. Yes, <laughs> it's almost it's almost taken up the entirety of the the bit below our bed the storage. <laughs> I would potentially reject that bag that wig from the Bago. If it went, someone tried to put it in the Bago, mm-hmm. you'd be like, no, I'm not that today. One. It what it looks like in its styling and its height is George Michael, <laughs> but it's Diana Shade. It's so bad. Honestly, I can't believe they let it on TV. <laughs> also, you don't need to reconstruct things you have footage of. No. Like, just show the interview. I don't need to see the back of her head. So they do all these bits where it's just like, here's Diana talking to the producers before they she sits down and talks to Martin Bashir. I don't think that's important. I don't think we need it. Um, but yeah, check out that wig. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised it's not been nominated as your Diva of the Week. Yeah, no, I have I have a much better crying-related Diva of the Week. Oh, lovely. Um, lovely. No, I still can't do it. Lily bit. Lily bit. That's it. Got it. There we go. Yeah. Move All on right. before I have to do it again. <laughs> Gosh. Gosh. <laughs> All right, I, I'm sure I really would have loved Black Friday. <laughs> I bought a toaster at £50 off. Do you think she would have used uh, Nicki Minaj's Pink Friday Insta-filter? Yes. So the Daily Express new headline is, Diana would have loved <laughs> Nicki Minaj's Pink Friday Insta-filter. <laughs> there were three deals in my inbox, so you see it was awfully crowded. <laughs> <laughs> that performs a good segue into another piece of Weekend Diva, which is that it's the 10th anniversary of Pink Friday. hey The iconic, the masterpiece by the one and only Nicki Minaj. Uh, so she celebrated in a n- number of ways, one of which was an Insta filter, yes. which you could just have a pink wig on your head in Why your photo. Not? Bit of fun. Bit, bit of, of fun, fun Bit of fun from Nicki. Who says she hasn't got a sense of humour? Nobody. Yeah, nobody. Nobody says that. She's, She's very hilarious. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, things resurfaced recently on Twitter is that the single she did with Will I Am, yes. which had a UK release, which Will I Am literally just green screened Cheryl Cole into. Twice at one point. Like the two backing dancers of Cheryl Cole? This was some odd, this was some hot madness from a man who is fucking insane. <laughs> Fully mad. Fully mad man. Do you remember when he was just like utterly obsessed with Cheryl Cole and would like insert her into everything? Well, he, this was the absolute pinnacle of that period. Yeah. She's mime- He literally inserted her into it. Yeah. And she's lip syncing to the sample from the original record. So she's going like, oh, oh. It's like, yep, yeah, that's. That's the record shares. And then I think she does some sort of late, late talk and over the, over the, uh, at the end of it, being like, I don't know. You know, your Cheryl Cole and your Princess Diana are quite similar. Uh, aren't they? They're both the people's princess, briefly. Yeah. Although, never forget. <laughs> princess Diana never punched never a toilet punched attendant. Never punched a toilet attendant for not giving her a lollipop. <laughs> she did push her stepmother Mother's. down the stairs. <laughs> 100% true. That's a thing. Doesn't that make is it a into thing. the crown, does it? No. Uh, also, uh, just circling back on Diana content as well, just to give a shout out to another podcast that we love, mm. uh, You're Wrong About. I've yeah. done a five part now. Something like that. Five, maybe even six part uh, deep dive into Diana. Excellent. And whilst I was initially very, very reticent to get involved with that, it is fantastic. Yeah. And it's the best because You're Wrong About deals in sort of, I mean, as you can tell from the title, it deals with going into subjects that people feel like they know a lot about and sort of debunking myths quite a lot. Yeah. So it is is impeccably researched, very funny and really interesting. And also comes from two Americans who don't particularly 
have any feelings apart from like sort of vague apathy towards the royal family. They're not yeah. like those Americans that are like, oh my God, a princess. No. Like they generally are like, it, this is wrong on every level, yeah. the, the concept of. So as complete outsiders, they, they come at it and it's actually really worth listening to their take on a lot of the... Oh, know. yeah. Very much like I would say your experience and my experience with the crown is like, by nature, we are, you know, I wouldn't advocate the full Romanov solution, but I don't think we need them. Peter Morgan's um, position on that the guy that wrote it, he doesn't particularly care for the royals. Yeah. But he recognises that they're human beings and they're very interesting. They're very interesting. And then you slab in that gossip and we're like little truffle pigs. Oh, God. Mm, nugsies. Mm. The fucking video where she supposedly <laughs> sang, sang all Fancy of the you. Opera. Uh, oh. screaming. 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 We were screaming at the television. <laughs> Turns out it's not entirely true. <laughs> who cares? But who cares? Who gives a shit? Was, it's a version of it. Do you know, you know what, we've got lumped with post-truth politics. At least we can have post-truth divas where Well, sometimes... the, the crown's been pretty post-truth for quite a while now. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Post-truth royals. All right. Um, so, other diva news. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Lopez was awarded the People's Choice Person of the Year for 2020. Great. That was brought to my attention by friend of the pod, Lowry Jenkins. Hey, babe. It's a it's an amazing speech. It's absolutely amazing. I haven't seen it. She does it half in Spanish. Should we play a clip of it now? Yeah. As a Latina and as a woman, you know, we have to sometimes, we have to work twice as hard to get the opportunity. Sometimes my big dreams and my ambitions, it made the people around me nervous. You know, people would say, you're a dancer, you can't be an actress. You're an actress, what, what, what you wanna sing? You're an artist, you won't be taken seriously as a businesswoman. And you know, it was like the more that they said I couldn't, the more that I knew that I had to. A donde quiera que yo esté y a donde quiera que yo vaya, siempre los tengo presente. Y es para mí un orgullo poder representar a los Latinos de todas partes, con todo mi corazón y con todo mi amor. Gracias, mi gente. Los quiero mucho. Y recuerden... Isn't she fabulous? She's amazing. She's... Oh, I absolutely live. How does her... Her work is superb. Whoever does Jennifer Lopez's mm. work deserves the Nobel Peace Prize. Because... Maybe not the Peace Prize. Do they have a work award for surgery? Plastic surgery. <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> so. They should do. Because it is a masterpiece. It's art. A, there might be a Nobel, Nobel Prize, Prize for, for art. art. Should go to JLo's surgeon. Yeah. Because whatever the fuck is going Not on... Not Lucian Freud or whoever it is that they probably give it to. I've never looked... She's she's 52 or something. I've never looked that young. How has she done that? I no. swear I was born looking older than she looks now. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Her face Ugh. and her work kicks David Hockney's paintings into a cocked hat. It really does. So at the beginning, she's sort of like surprised by um, Nicole Kidman and Renee Zellweger. Yeah whose work is not as good. And they kind of congratulate her. Their, on... her, their facial work, that is. <laughs> not, not their body of work. Both of whom's probably beat J-Lo's. Do they stand up against Maiden Manhattan? Their Oscar-winning oeuvre? No. no. Uh, Renee's wearing an ill-advised baseball hat as well. I'm like, come on, babe. You're inside. I know you're inside. We get it. Like, just your hair up a bit. Maybe she's confused about COVID. Then Nicole's like... I came to see you at, uh, in Vegas with my sister, which is really fun. How's Nicole's wig? Nicole's wig. Which one has she got on? Can't really see the wig. Oh, it's a big one. Side pony wig. Side pony wig from Nicole. 
And then J-Lo, her, her kids chime in, which is nice. And then she says nice things. I want them to know their dreams are limited only by their imagination and determination and their willingness to never give up. So she just she's talking about the power of people and empathy and, um, yeah, ends it by, by, by addressing her, the Latin, Latinx community. Good. It's masterful. She is a master. Um, segwaying into that, I'm not watching <laughs> I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. No. I'm not snotty about it. It's too just, busy with Diana documentaries. I'm just too busy looking at the back of that wig. However, I do I do think it's worthy of note for... Well, it's quite diva heavy, isn't it? Quite a lot of the time. It is. Again, friend of the pod, Mike Cortlett, alerted me to some of the, the diva goings on. And <laughs> if I quote, was mildly threatening this message. <laughs> if Beverly Callard on I'm a Celeb doesn't get a shout out on, on Little Diva Energy, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> so yes, I she does deserve a shout out. Mainly because... Um, her work is less subtle, I would say. <laughs> and she's been doing some aerobics, which is fun. Uh, Ruthie's in there as well. Ruthie Henshaw. Ruthie. Um, how much do you, how acquainted with you of Ruthie Henshaw? Uh, barely. So. Remind me of her oeuvre. Ruthie Henshaw is a kind of uh, West End mainstay. She was in the revival of Chicago and... Yeah, she's Ruthie. She got her big break in Miss Saigon. And if you watch, because she goes on for the cover, it goes on as cover. And she comes in, there's a documentary behind the scenes, and she comes back and goes, I've been at the front. I'm never going back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, she uh, is tangentially related to the crown because she has done it in Buckingham Palace, which she's revealed on I'm a Celebrity. Yes. PNV? Yeah, because she uh, went out with Prince Edward. Now, oh. I think we're all going to contest whether that PNV actually occurred. Mm, um, it's not V generally <laughs> with Edward, is it? <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, so do a shout out to I'm a Celebrity. If anyone's got any information about it that I don't have to watch it for, send it my way. Harry Styles on Vogue, yes. American Vogue. Come well, under some fire. Yeah, from Basics. He looks absolutely fabulous and I don't see why, I mean, any whinging about him not being masculine. Have you seen the boy? Is that what the problem is for a lot of people? Oh, well, yeah, like some horrible right-wing commentators are like, you know, this is the death of masculinity. Oh, for fuck's sake. For fuck's it's sake. the birth of it. Mm-hmm. I think he looks absolutely fabulous, but then also, I mean, Monique Hart's problem with it was it just wasn't a good enough dress. I like it. Well, if you're going to wear a dress, boy, like... At least wear a good dress. <laughs> um, I like it as well. I think it's great. Um, the sort of deconstructed Yeah, parts, like sort of exposed Quinlan. I'm into it. Yeah, it's cool. Deconstructing gender. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some people have been complaining about it just because they feel like it's got a little bit of the touch of the Jamila Jamil presenting legendary vibe to it. Like, oh, I'm presenting legendary. Oh, because I'm queer. Like, mm. and, and coming out because of that. And people, you know, not really knowing to respond to that and going, well, that's great. Live your truth, etc." It, But the timing of it feels a little, hmm. Um, and then some people sort of feeling like because of his fan base and sort of where he is at the moment, they feel like there might be a little bit of queer face. Queer face. Can we use that term? I don't know. Don't know. Probably not. I would imagine I'd come under some fire for that, but 
but you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's a, there's a sort of, but that might not be true. Anyway, yeah. I don't know anything about the guy. I think he looks fabulous. I think it's great whatever he can do to push an agenda for reforming norms of masculinity. Mm-hmm. And that is fucking fantastic. And anything that gets right-wing trolls up in a tizzy, then you know what? Like, go, I say live. But but yeah, that's just been, that's been, I've seen some comments on the other side that have been a little bit more, um, I've had a slight cocked eyebrow about it. Yeah. Which is fine as well. And it's a legitimate th- thing. But I think on the whole, it's a it's a good thing. Yes, Personally, I agree. Personally, as a straight man. I, <laughs> straight white man. That's been sanctioned there. <laughs> yeah. I give it my seal of approval. Great. Um, I have also would like to, to present some findings from Twitter sphere. Oh, good. Um, I know you're aware of this, but for those of Twitter. you... Twitter. <laughs> I'm familiar with her work. Yeah. Those of you not aware of... Um, Patty don't start. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I'm a drag queen, Deborah. So if I was to not do any research for this, this bi-weekly podcast, which if? clearly I've shown that I do, I watch half a documentary <laughs> and get messages from my friends about what's going on in pop culture. Um, I could just go on Philip Normal's website and see, refresh what's new on <laughs> yeah. a t-shirt and then I'd know what was new in in, in drag news. Uh, but yeah, so Patty Don't Start is uh, Trixie Mattel <laughs> replying to some Republican gorgon. <laughs> Patty Don't Start. Uh, and Deborah, I'm a drag queen, Deborah is another drag queen called Tatiana re- responding to another harridan coming at her for the amount of makeup she wears. <laughs> I'm a drag queen, Deborah, And the only person, the only people that get content up on their websites quicker than Philip Normal are drag queens. So like Tatiana's got a face mask with I'm a drag queen Deborah, oh, his t-shirts. Do go and have a little deep dive. In the spirit of that, I would like to give a shout out to Michael Chakravarti, who was on Bake Off last year, who <laughs> responded to someone getting irate about Bake Off and shouting about who should or shouldn't be in with it's only cake, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which one was Michael? He was the... We watched it last yeah, year, Yeah, yeah. Um, lovely, early 20s, little round glasses, dark hair, lovely guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sandy Cake, babe. <laughs> That's... I want that on a t-shirt. Never a truer word spake. Have Philip Normal got one up yet? Do you know what? I haven't checked. But probably. It'll be there. Yeah. So that concludes my Weekend Diva. Lovely. Really nice stuff. Well Thank done. You. With that in mind, it is week related and diva related, but we've got a brand new feature for everyone, which we are calling Overheard Diva Energy. Mm. So every week, hopefully, we should have, and please do feel free uh, to send in the things that you hear upon the street. But when we are out walking about taking our one hour sanctioned daily exercise or whatever yes. it is that we're allowed these oh, days, less than six people, more than a family, three household walk. On our way to an illegal rave in a stadium. In Italy. Uh, this week, Holly, if you'd like to read out our Overheard Diva Energy, we'll kick up the ball rolling with some that we heard this week mm-hmm. uh, from a lady that passed us on one of those electric scooters, as in the scooters that just have an engine. Yeah. So she's on the phone. She whizzes past us. You know, like, when I have to walk, I'm like, so this is what my life is going to be like? <laughs> Overheard Diva Energy of the week. It was superb. She was also, I would say, using that speed at, that 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 scooter at a speed that you could walk quicker than. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a very. We were walking fast. She was behind us. Yes, and we were walking. <laughs> so this, not walking, 
She hates walking so much that she's prepared to arrive everywhere probably about an hour late. Yeah. Fine. I love it. That is diva energy. That is diva energy. Superb. And then, of course, we come to the usual, which we missed last week. Yeah. Which was a shame. Uh, We've got our semi-regular feature. Holly Morgan reads from Mariah Carey's autobiography. Now, this one took my breath away. (laughs) Settle in. Do you know on like Calm they do like bedtime stories? If anyone from Calm is listening, I would like to audition for the role of person that reads Mariah Carey's autobiography. Mm. So this is this is her recording. She's recording Daydream, right? She's in the studio. She wants to mess around and get a bit of a release. Music and humour have been my two great releases. They've been how it's. <clears throat> Music and humour have been my two great releases. They have been how I survived all the anguish in my life. So while I had a full band and studio time at the Hit Factory for that album, I created an alter ego artist and her Ziggy Stardust-like spoof band. My character was a dark-haired brooding goth girl. A version of her, Bianca, showed up a few years later in the Heartbreaker video, who wrote and sang ridiculous tortured songs. At the end of each session, I would go off to a corner and, without overthinking it, quickly scribble down some lyrics. In five minutes, I'd have a song. I am vinegar and water. I am someone's ugly daughter. I am wading in the water. And I am like an open blister. I am Jack the Ripper's sister. I am just a lonely drifter. I'd bring back my little alt-rock song to the band and hum a silly guitar riff. They would pick it up and we would record it immediately. It was irreverent, raw and urgent and the band got into it. I actually started to love some of those songs. I would fully commit to my character. I was playing with the style of the breezy grunge, punk-like white female singers who were popular at the time. You know, the ones who seem to be so carefree with their feelings and their image. They could be angry, angsty and messy with old shoes, wrinkled slips and unruly eyebrows, while every move I made was so calculated and manicured. I wanted to break free, let loose and express my mis- min- I wanted to break free, let loose and express my misery. But I also wanted to laugh. I totally look forward to doing my alter ego band sessions after Daydream each night. Tommy was off in Italy a lot of the time, so I had a little space and air to do this bizarre, fun thing that was just for me. The band loved it, and we ended up with an album's worth of songs, which we mixed and everything. My jokey anger release project ended up being a weirdly good satirical underground alternative rock thing. When Tommy and some of the other label folks heard it, they couldn't believe what we'd done all that while recording Daydream. I even got the art department at the label to design a cover I had (laughs) conceptualised. Which bit do you want to unpick first? <laughs> she did like the rootles of her own <laughs> of her own music. Yes. I there's so many things I want to unpick here. Let's start with the lyrics, I guess. Um I am Vinegar and Water. I am Jack the Ripper's sister. I think what I'm it it sounds like it's a kind of Courtney Love meets Alanis pastiche. Because mm-hmm. that's what I guess past- that would. That's be- who she's talking about—the ones that were so carefree with their image. The side eye on, so they're messy with old shoes, wrinkled slips, and unruly eyebrows. Mariah, unruly eyebrows. <laughs> the read coming at Gwen Stefani. <laughs> Potentially a little bit. Um, I love the fact that this session band are like, okay, I'm here to record Mariah Carey's album. Oh. Because Tommy Matola's bankrolling this, I now have to record an alternative 
album because Mariah is such a laugh. <laughs> such a famous lull merchant. Because you know Mariah, <laughs> laugh a minute caring, wants me to stay behind to record another album which won't be released, but she will get the art department to make a cover for <laughs> and basically master and treat like a full album just for her. <laughs> So much diva energy in wasting <laughs> that many people's time. <laughs> and the fact that also while she's saying, oh, it was just a joke. And then at one part, she's like, it's also also very good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was joking, but it was also very clever, actually. <laughs> that is, that's a page and a half. Imagine what else is waiting for you in this book. <laughs> If this this podcast does not drive up sales for this (laughs) book, I don't know what will. I want want her to release that record. Oh, God. Do you think it'd be like Prince's Vault? Like, after she's gone, after she passes away. Like, whoever's in charge of her (laughs) estate starts releasing, like, all those fucking random... Turns out Mariah Carey was Fiona Apple. Who knew? Turns out Mariah Carey... Wasn't funny. She wasn't. She wasn't. Was wasn't, of, she wasn't. Like no. we we knew that, but this is the proof. <laughs> that book. Oh, Bible. Right there we go. That's Holly Morgan reads from Mariah Carey's autobiography. Great. Um. So with that in mind, let's move finally to our divas of the week. Lovely. Who's your diva of the week, Tom? My diva of the week is a controversial choice. Okay. I'm not saying I support them. I'm not saying I endorse it. I'm just saying there's some diva energy going on somewhere in there. Okay. And that is. Ex-President Trump's lawyers. Who? I'm giving them diva energy because they have spent the last two weeks in public saying we fully endorse that, you know, we are going to make sure that this gets overturned. This is a corrupt election. Just saying what he wants to hear. Yeah. Just telling basically publicly so he can overhear them saying we totally believe this is the correct thing to do. Yeah. And that we're actually, and we're winning as well. And we're making a point and we're winning these legal cases as well. Yeah. They've had every single case they've brought so far thrown out. And in almost every one, the transcripts that are released, they're essentially like, do you have evidence of this? And they're like, no. And they're like, do you have evidence of this? And they're like, no. (laughs) Because in the court of law, they are all lawyers. So they can be removed from the bar. So they just have if to... If they lie. They can't lie in court. It's the one place they can't do it. In the public, you can say whatever you fucking well please. But not in court. But not in court. So in court, they are saying the exact opposite of what they are saying in public because that's the place where he hears it. Hilarious. But everyone's like, oh, they keep saying this. You just look at the, the, every single one and they're like, oh, we haven't got a fucking thing. Yeah. They did actually... Uh, they declared in advance that they were going to present... Uh, what they referred to as explosive evidence to a court in Georgia, uh, which was, as far as they were concerned, going to blow the entire thing wide open and prove what a corrupt election that was, Um, despite many people saying it's the safest election that has happened in history. But um, the quote-unquote explosive evidence that they eventually produced um, were cases of what they described as, in, in in the vote count towards their Republican uh, watchers, what they described as loud noises and mean stares. <laughs> yes! Which were preventing them from performing the count properly. Loud noises and mean stares. In a court of law? <laughs> That's the best they had. No, it's not the best they had. Because the best they had was apparently one of the Trump counters or one of the Trump um, overlookers uh, was told, 
Karen, go back to the suburbs. Oh. <laughs> and they presented this as evidence of intimidation that was meant to reveal <laughs> a widespread... Voter fraud, insanely bad. Karen, go back to the suburbs. <gasps> that better be on a t-shirt, Philip Normal. <laughs> Karen, go back to the suburbs. <laughs> Incredible. Being called a Karen got cited in court. Alongside mean stairs. As abuse. <laughs> Been called a Karen. It's basically Regina Georging it and yes. calling someone a Karen. What loud noises are mean stairs? Yeah. Like somewhere between Brick, Brick Tamlin and <laughs> Regina George. Regina George. <laughs> Excellent. My diva of the week mm-hmm. is a diva that will be known to this parish for she is indeed a past guest. Oh. I would like to nominate Rebecca Humphreys for oh. her lovely turn as Carol Thatcher in The Crime. She is fabulous. Yes. Excellent. Superb diva energy. Yeah, that was a lovely turn. Yeah. Oh, superb. Well done, Bex. Really proud of you. Yeah. We were like properly like clutching it. That's my friend. Look, 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 yeah. there it is. Yeah, she absolutely smashes it. Smashes it. Lovely scene with her and, and Miss Gillian in the kitchen. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. I would like some um, confirmation actually on what the meals that the prop department served up um, in the manner of Thatcher were like. So I bet they were inedible in reality. <laughs> the Crown really uh, putting evidence forward there for my long-standing theory that, that Margaret Thatcher is one of the worst cooks that's ever lived. <laughs> I have no evidence for that personally. I just think, can you imagine what Margaret Thatcher threw together in the kitchen? Fuck me. I mean, in the litany of her crimes, <laughs> it's not... No, it's relatively low down, <laughs> low down the list. But, but things I'm pissed off about are, yeah, putting eggs on top of rice isn't one of them. <laughs> Yeah, so that's my that's that's my do for the week. We have an announcement about upcoming episodes. Yes. Basically, it's always a bit hard getting them out after the weekend, so we're now going to give them to you on Tuesdays. From here on, as has happened many times previously, we will be officially releasing the podcast on Tuesdays. Yes, and so strap on in for part de de Scissor Sisters of Equal Jackson next week, and we're only going to do this one once. So yeah. We've learned our lesson. We've learned our lesson. We thought it'd be a good. We thought it'd be good crack last time, and it turned out it it was not. Well, we didn't do it on purpose. Did you do it on purpose? <laughs> no, I didn't do it on purpose. Well, I did not do it on purpose. I promise you, Will. We did not do it on purpose. Yes, looking forward to that chat immensely. Nice to be out of the Groundhog Day of podcast. <laughs> so yes, that's that's up for us. Um, tune in on Tuesday next week. Next week. See you next Tuesday. It's the only reason we did it. Yeah, and we're lazy. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.